if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. So here today we are with uh, Adam Rai. So we had Adam previously on the podcast and he came to visit me here. Just for you. <laughs> Just for me <laughs> in France and we had really a great chat. So at the end we said, okay, let's maybe record uh, a podcast just to um, explain a bit more maybe of uh, some issues that are happening on the market. And we decided to select a certain topic, which is uh, technical file issues that are happening. So most common issues that are happening within some technical files. Um, and yeah, to just uh, educate you or uh, help you to understand some of the issues that may happen. But before that, for people that maybe don't know Adam, so Adam, can you just make maybe a small introduction oh of yourself? Yeah, so we know each other well. Yeah, we know each other so, well. Yeah, so I won't do too much for you. So yeah, um, specifically medical devices and QARA, uh, sterilization, not expert, never call myself an expert. Um, but working in medical devices, working on technical files, QMS, a lot of remediation activity. Um, variety of devices from class one to class three, active, non-active implantables. Great, great. So, and uh, yeah, last time we discussed about vigilance, if I remember. Vigilance. And the uh, UK also. UK and yeah, UK, yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was also a lot of other topics to discuss. And there <laughs> Exactly. And so, as, as we said, we are, I mean, myself and also Adam, we are looking at a lot of technical files and hearing also some feedbacks from uh, notified bodies and mm -hmm. the ideas mainly what can, what are the issues that can, um, that are mainly happening within the, the field and Adam will help us on that so if, uh, we can get, uh, get through it. So, yeah. um, so what will be the first maybe issue, main issue that you are identifying? Main thing is, uh, and can, uh, the whole theme I think for everything we're going to discuss is inconsistency okay. um, throughout the entire technical file from the, you know, from the beginning of it. Um, the main thing being a lot of organizations have brand names yeah. and trade names. Exactly. So they have, you know, they may call something, you know, makeup one or something like that, you know, and then they have the fancy name which is put on the market. And then throughout the technical file, they will refer to both names. And as a reviewer, when you're reviewing that technical documentation, you start to ask the question of what device, what am I actually reviewing? Because exactly. you know, if you're looking at the labeling versus the clinical evaluation versus the biological safety, and you start to see all this inconsistency, it just really creates a lot of confusion <laughs> in actually what device you're reviewing. Yeah, you are maybe yeah. thinking sometimes that uh, there is a copy-paste and you are just yeah. <laughs> taking one technical file and yeah. copying, pasting and see what's happening yeah. there. So in that case, so I mean, is there a best practice uh, in terms of uh, creation of this information? From the start, one consistent name. Okay. You know, so if you have an internal name, um, if you have a summary document, it's always quite nice practice to be able to say throughout this technical file, there may be reference to two names, yeah. for example, this name and this name. Wherever you see either of these names, it refers to the same device. So make that statement. From the beginning. From the beginning, in your summary file, 
So the reviewer can see that because they should read it. Yeah, yeah. That reviewer can read it and say, right, okay. So when they do see different names cropping up through the file, you've already covered it. You know, you want to be able to think about these things before they can be raised. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a great, great thing. But if, if from the beginning you are really explaining all the the details, then yeah. when they go to the next chapters and they find the different names, they understand it's the same thing. Yeah. But also on the instruction for use and labeling, you have to have both uh, both elements then. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. It depends on what you know what you're marketing it yeah, as yeah. you know what your claim is what the device what it's registered as so for example if it's an MDR whatever you're putting on Udemed is what you should really be using for the device exactly name. yeah, yeah. Um, but if you do have an internal name then you would just make a reference in your summary document so, so, so sometimes we have a lot of time this uh, kind of technical file uh, with a lot of names also for um, on brand labeling mm -hmm. products yeah. uh, because those products are sold in many countries and yeah. uh, then uh, in one country it's like that name and all that, it's not, uh, that name so the idea is also to have really all those brands that are available so yeah. there is no real mistakes there yeah so same kind of thing summary document have you know essentially if there's variants yep. depends you know product you know, ISO fourteen nine seven one product families so it it just the answer is always it depends but generally and it, it <laughs> always it's always it depends <laughs> exactly. right but generally in your summary document if you are able to say here's all the variants there's no substantial difference they're all rooted from one technical file yep. then that's all they're interested in but you will need to supply all of the different labeling, all of the different information that goes along with that to show that this device is essentially the exact same. Okay. You know, and the only thing that changes is, you know, out of one country, you can call it something else versus another country because they might not like a certain word okay. in that country, you know. I understand. Yeah, that's really it. Great. Um, okay, so what is the next one? Equivalence. Equivalence. Equivalence, Equivalence. of devices, I suppose. Yes. Okay. So. Clinical equivalence. Okay. Ah, okay, so specifically Clini for clinical evaluation. Specifically clinical equivalence, but then also how that links out to the, re the rest of the technical documentation. Okay. So throughout, again, you know, if I would always have a, 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 a rule of if you're not claiming equivalence against a device, do not use the word equivalent yeah, yeah, exactly. anywhere in a technical file. I mean, there, is, there is some misunderstanding between equivalent device and similar device yes. also. So there are some, some mix-up to say, my product is equivalent, but no, no, it's similar, it's not yeah. equivalent. So they have also this yeah. kind of wording to, yeah. to understand there. So in clinical, in clinical evaluation, it's totally fine to use similar devices, yeah. providing the manufacturer is aware of the differences between that device and you know the similar device and your own device and you need to be able to identify any discrepancies yep. with that so you would say this device has you know the same intended use same shelf life etc but you'd say in use stability for example is different and you would need to be able to as the manufacturer justify what effects that may have exactly. on the efficacy and performance of your device and clinical evaluation but and, and there is this mdcg guidance that is really explaining i mean this, there is a mm -hmm. table exa exactly of which item you have really to look for proving equivalence yeah. and when there is an issue or justification why yeah. this uh, this is different so yeah people have really to stick to that yeah we should attach that to this yeah, yeah that's, I a good, think, that's a good document i think um, yeah yeah i mean i have some people that when they are creating their clinical evaluation they use the they use one equivalence table, mm -hmm. but it's not the one from the MDCG, mm -hmm. and this creates a lot of also yeah. issues. So, for me, the advice is me to use the same as the MDCG yes, guidance, yes. and there is no kind of difference there. Yeah, but I will, I will put that on the show notes. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a good document yeah. to reference. I think it depends as well if you're doing if you're you know we're kind of jumping around territories here, but if you're NDD still at the moment, the equivalence requirements under MDR are a lot 
a lot more now. Yeah. Um, I don't <coughs> imagine a lot of manufacturers are going to be able to claim equivalence a lot of no. the time now because you need to have agreement with with the de you need to have an agreement with the device that you're claiming equivalence against. That's, I mean, you know. we we had a lot of stories also of. Um, uh, of manufacturers that get audited under NDD and uh, the notified body reviewed their clinical evaluation mm -hmm. documentation. Everything was fine. Yeah. And the same auditor came a few months later for MDR and suddenly everything <laughs> <laughs> is true. Big problems. Exactly, big problems. So, <laughs> so I, I think under NDD there were not a big scrutiny yeah. of those documents and yeah. now under MDR it's really a big scrutiny. Yeah. So it's it was, without, calling it, without calling NDD relaxed, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was certainly <laughs> more relaxed than NDR exactly. in that way because NDR goes a lot more specific it's you know chemical technological and biological yeah. equivalents you need to be able to demonstrate the equivalence across those three elements with with MDD it's it's fairly it, you know it's a bit it was a bit easier to do it under that you know and I think that's where a lot of manufacturers will be caught out in the coming months because they're gonna still use similar devices you know, this term similar and equivalence yeah, needs, yeah. needs to be delineated. Exactly, yeah. Really needs to be delineated between properly um, because a lot of manufacturers use similar as equivalent without understanding the difference. I think it's a lot of US manufacturers who do that because yeah. of substantial equivalence yes. for 510K yeah. that they are thinking, Predicates. oh, we are, the, we are, here is the predicate device yeah. for us, so it's the same in Europe. No, it's not the same definition yeah. at all, so no. we have to be careful. Not of that. at all. Uh, you know, like, I think we can call. I think we can call like MDD like the good old days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like equivalence now. Um, if you know, five ten k in, in the US is still like I'd still say the good old days because yeah. you can just reference a predicate device. Yeah. Um, it's quite nice, you know. But I think MDR, I can see a lot of organisations, especially with lower risk devices, gonna have a lot of issues with this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think just in, in the way they do it, it's really about justifying if it's totally okay to use similar devices, similar devices or generic devices. Mm -hmm. um, but it's about being able to understand as the manufacturer what are the differences between that similar device or that genetic device and your device and how are you able to show that there's no substantial yeah. effect on the performance exactly, you know, yeah. of your device that you're going to be yeah. placing on the market. I think, I think this, this, this equivalency of devices is really, I think, the major issue that are happening really, yeah. really on the clinical aspect of the yeah. product because a lot of companies are... Um, Hey, just a second, do you need an EU, Swiss or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. Thinking that their product is equivalent, yeah. but all, another tip, if I can say, is really to have a plan B each time. Yeah. So <laughs> each time when you are not sure at 100%, have a plan B because while, while they will review that and they will maybe send you this answer to say, no, it's not equivalent, yeah. the idea is mainly, okay, what's next? Yeah. What should I do? Because otherwise, if I have no other plan, it's, I, sh I can stop. So there is no, no other yeah. uh, so, solution there. So you plan B then. <laughs> so and in, in that sense, we when we've faced this a couple of times where and from there, the, the question for me is always, is this device truly novel? Yeah. You know, if you can't find an equivalent, especially under MDR, it's not very, you know, apart from some of the, some of the devices we've, we've seen together and worked on together, a lot of things are fairly similar to previous generations of yeah, devices. Yeah. So it's very rare that something is truly novel. Um, so, but what is going to happen is I think a lot of organizations will struggle to justify equivalence because you need to get these agreements and all the, the across the three types of properties for them. Um, but with that then, if you cannot get that, then it's really that question of, is this device really novel? Mm -hmm. If it's not, 
which is probably not going to be a lot of the time because yeah. you know similar materials or performance or intended use etc then it's just around saying right okay that similar device or my generic device that's your plan b that should be your plan b because then it's right you know as and then if if your answer to that question is is this truly novel is yes then you know maybe you shouldn't be considering exactly. a clinical evaluation exactly you know you maybe need to do a clinical investigation exactly so <laughs> yeah know? this is so, a different level yeah, here it, go, really. it goes up you know i'm a fan of clinical evaluations <laughs> but sometimes you just need to do an investigation no, it's clear you it's clear the data. it's clear yeah um okay and the third one third one was unsubstantiated claims okay so you know kind of walk backwards from the label it's yeah, always, yeah. always a, a great thing to do is label review. website uh, instruction yeah. for use yeah. etc you know anything anywhere any, yeah. any, anywhere any claims will be made about this device it's always something as a reviewer you're always i don't know about yourself but i was always taught when you're reviewing stuff is to go to what is being what is gonna what is the customer gonna look at exactly what the user gonna look at what uh, they understand from those brochures or yeah. those marketing uh, documents what what they what are the claims that they will think uh, about yeah. the product will save your life in 30 seconds yeah. etc okay how yeah. how are you doing that yeah these so cl claims is something that's like it's almost kind of you walk through that process of reverse engineering mm -hmm. so you look at claims from there for as a reviewer i look at claims at the end of it so i.e the label ifus etc and walk right the way back through all of the technical files, you know, so through clinical evaluations, biological evaluation, all the way to intended use, risk management, and then back to, you know, the beginning of the technical file to see if they are able to substantiate these claims, you know, because I think you see a lot of devices, for example, will claim, for example, compatibility yep. with, all, with all other associate devices. And that is quite a claim, you know, to make. That is a yeah. really big claim to make. And then, so the question there is, if you're saying it's compatible, uh, the rule for me is never say again the word all <laughs> on on a label or on a technical exactly. file. Because if you do that, you really raise the question for the reviewer to ask, okay, show me. Show me the proof of me. You know, show me the proof of That you, you are compatible of all this, of that, that. Everything on exactly. Earth, you know, and it's impossible. But uh, it's many what they are. I mean, a lot of notified bodies or auditors are doing that now. They are uh, looking at your brochure, picking all the claims one by one, yeah. and then going to your clinical data and check. You are saying that. What is the proof or what is the literature or the, the thing that is showing that yeah. you are really make? I mean, you, this claim is really true. Yeah. Uh, I had once, uh, it was like, uh, uh, I mean, marketing is really creative. Yeah. This kind of uh, marketing. Uh, creative. <laughs> 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 because sometimes, yeah, you have some uh, some marketing sentences that are used. It's like uh, we have some contact lenses and yeah. those contact lenses can protect you against the sun or whatever. So yeah. how they can do that? Yeah. Are they black, like um, yeah. UV filter or whatever. No, no, but uh, this and that. Guys, yeah. <laughs> do you have a proof of that? Do you have this? And this is mainly the issue that can happen is that yeah. if you let only the marketing people make those sentences mm -hmm. and you are not verifying that, then it can have a lot of consequences also yeah. for your for your products. Yeah, and I think I think uh, it's it's you know that that kind of thing of saying you know it's compatible with all. Really, you you are just leaving really leaving yourself open to it, you know. And I think, it, you, but also on the other side of it, you're not allowing you're not allowing your device to be or your product room to be able to expand yeah because you're kind of you're going for everything at the start saying we're compatible with everything yeah and then and, you go down and then you need to shrink your scope down and then you need to go through the process of bringing it back up again. exactly so again with all anything to do with claims i always would lean towards reducing your claims mm -hmm. to being as not to you you know not not restrictive but in a sense fairly restrictive on yourself yeah. that 
it allows you to then say, right, we have claims that we're able to substantiate with performance data, testing, studies, you know, the whole the whole QMS output essentially. But then from there, then that is a case of once you've got that technical file reviewed and approved, because you will always get you will always get comments and reviews. Yeah. You know, I've never. I don't know if you've ever seen. No, no, I always. Yeah, I've never. Never had one clean uh, from the first time. I, it's yeah, fine. I don't think it exists. No, There's, I've never met anyone yeah. that, that has had it. You know, I'm, but it's like it's my it's my goal. <laughs> I need to get a technical file for review. It's just not happening. You know, I just don't think it will ever happen. Um, especially not under MDR. Yeah, you no, know, it's just no. not going to happen. Um, but I think you know. Any technical file you're going to review, the, uh, submit, there's always going to be a review coming back. So you can skip some of the queries here mm -hmm. by reducing your claims. Exactly. And providing they do not affect the business, what you're trying to do, yeah, what you're yeah. trying to sell. If you reduce your claims, you're reducing the cost associated with trying to get that device on the market. And then it allows you to have a nice roadmap of saying, well, this device's shelf life at the moment is 24 months. Yeah. What if we could move that to thirty-six months, mm -hmm. and then all we need to do is some real, real, real-time studies, exactly. accelerated aging studies. It's just about pushing that up. You know, it gives it gives you a lot of time to kind of develop things a lot. I slower. mean, before they were using kind of shortcuts to arrive to their objective, but yeah. now shortcuts are not working anymore. Not so you have really to uh, yeah. to go from it's, from zero. It's a lot more. It's a lot more detailed now. You know, yeah. and I think like claims are something. I think that the are really, especially under NDR and IVDR. I think. For performance in particular, are becoming a lot more of a hot point in, in medical devices because I think when I, you know, a few years ago when I first started kind of breaking into, into industry, wasn't really a massive uh, claims weren't really something that was massively looked at in, in the same way, you know, because it was very much you would look at the the information within it, you would look at the label, but you wouldn't, they wouldn't have to go to the same level of detail as, as what we do now, you know. So that's why, like when. If you have these words like all equivalent, exactly, all these words are really are really starting to be kind of like keywords for a Can trigger yeah, some. Yeah, they trigger me. Yeah, I've become that guy. I'm like, I get triggered by stuff. I looked at it and I see all, and I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah, I see equivalent, and I'm like, oh, yeah, my goodness, you know, like. No, I can me, I can completely relate to makes that. Makes me so. nervous. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Um, anything else? Intended use statements. Intended use, yeah. So important. Yeah. So important. You know, I mean, this is the first thing. I mean, each time we are even uh, meeting with a company and asking what is their product doing. So, yeah. internet use. What's exactly for? Yeah. How it's working? What's the mode of action, etc. So, so just yeah. to understand first: is it first a medical device? Mm -hmm. is it, what's the classification of that, yeah. etc. So, with that, you have normally a good understanding of the product. Yeah. But what's uh, what's the issue with the internet so, use? A lot of the time. You know, that you'd be surprised. I think, oh no, you see it as well, problem in here. But you you speak to organisations and and you ask about intended use, and they kind of what's that turn their head, and then you know my response is always, oh, if you don't have intended use, you don't have a product. That's the way it is. You exactly. know, intended use is the first, like you said, the first thing that needs to be done for that, and it is. So I seen a good post on LinkedIn today from uh, from someone who's an RA professional, and they it was really funny. They were like. Um, they're like, oh, let's just quickly update the intended use, okay. and it was like the words, the words, no regulated affairs professional wants to hear, because <laughs> no, you should not be updating your intended no, no. use. You know, it should be the same. I mean, um, should be implemented and froze. You yeah. know, like design freeze. Yeah. Um, so, the one again, it's something that I've seen so much in reviewing, and that I've been picked up on before in my past in, as well. You know, when I was a bit you know, less in the game, um, as intended use statement and say your summary file completely does not match the intended use statement and say your biological evaluation which then contradicts and your clinical evaluation and then you're just sitting as the reviewer and you're just like what is this device doing 
you know? Yeah, like, we are reading 10 times. Yeah. And it's just every single intended use is different. And then you look at the label and none of it makes sense to the label. And then exactly. that ultimately draws to the conclusion that you, you are, as a reviewer, you have no confidence to be able to, to approve that entire technical file because of something that I imagine people think is fairly minor yeah. because it's, it's essentially like a paragraph isn't yeah. it intended use you know so people think not that important it's just yeah uh, but this paragraph is copied on the risk management on the clinical evaluation on the PMS everywhere. PMCF etc all those uh, par uh, documents have that yep. and one of the advice that we are doing is that we create a master intended use document yes. so if you want to change your intended use you change this document but yes. then this document has is linked to those documents yeah. there, so it, that, then you know exactly where you have to go and update again those information. Yeah, best practice. Exactly, best yeah. practice. But yeah, if you don't have, as you said, an intended use, it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, we have made also with the Cesare Magri, we have made a specific episode about mm -hmm. intended use, yeah. how it's working, what should be inside, etc. So maybe to also look at that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. the notified body are really first they, this is what first they will be looking at because yeah. they want to understand how this product is working. Yeah. And the, you know, it does it kind of, you know, it's kind of, uh, I think they call it auditor, auditor's eye or auditor's feeling. I'm yeah. not sure what, it's, what you would call it, but um, it kind of get that confidence. So if you're reviewing a technical file and it, everything is tight, the same, exactly. it really makes you feel like, right, they, they know what they're doing here. They're thinking about their stuff properly. Whereas you start to see different intended use statements exactly. because of that's so important. It starts to raise a bit of yeah. a bit of concern, so you start to dig harder into certain exactly. areas. You know, so you say you see if you see different intended use statements, you see the word I mean, equivalent. For example, the population is everybody, oh, and yeah. the other is from eighteen to seventy-nine yeah. years, yeah. and for the other, all oh, for children <laughs> also. It's yeah. Like, yeah, just yeah. inconsistency. <laughs> exactly, you know? inconsistency. That's like I think something that through the the notes that we were creating, you know, that I think yes. was just was the main thing is that word inconsistency. Yeah. It's so important in technical affairs just to have consistency throughout the whole thing. You know, so I think I also do master intended use uh, documents because I okay. think they're so useful. You know, because yeah. if you especially if you have um, like you say, like say you have a couple of technical files mm -hmm. that or a couple of products that aren't able to be under the one technical file for you know anything any other reasons for example. But they there is a chance they may all have the same intended use. You know, you could have like three or four technical files with like 16 documents per technical file that have the same statement Inten Exactly. You, know, you change one thing, you're just walking into non-performance. Yeah, yeah, you know? that is great. Yeah. Anything else? No, I just think, I was just thought we'd make, want to make some reference to that. I think you've already done some stuff on the team notified body. Yeah. Um, technical documentation. Ah, yeah, there is also yeah, this, uh, yeah, this uh, guidance also on team NB notified yeah. body uh, where they have this uh, guidance on how to create a technical file for MDR and yeah. IVDR. Yeah. So I have it also mentioned the last uh, monthly review yeah, yeah. Uh, on May, the May 2020. Uh, 2023, so you can go and just check the show, show notes, and there is this uh, document. So it's really a great document just for you to understand how to write a technical file and what yeah. should be uh, inside. Yeah. Anything else for the other ones? No, I don't think so. I think you. The only thing was you wore a black shirt for the May update. What? You wore a black shirt for the May update. You usually always wear white. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I need to change sometime. Yeah. The, indi the industry. Is exactly. Strict. Really, they are shocked. Okay. <laughs> Great. So it's a good thing. Yeah. So you see, I you noticed that I noticed. when uh, I, I noticed. I'm, I'm a reviewer. No, no, it's great. So it's great. Yeah. But that's okay. That's Next okay. time I will change again just to see. I'll, I'll see. I will notice. <laughs>
<laughs> Great. Okay, Adam, really thank you for, no for you being here. Thank you for visiting me here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I hope yeah, we can have other maybe people coming here and uh, having also another podcast episode together. So thanks, Adam. Thanks, and uh, I wish you a nice return back to the UK. I think you're yes, London. Okay, UK, great. yes. Great. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.